there! Welcome to episode number four of the Book More Jewish Weddings podcast. I'm your host, Pat Blackwell. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Jeff Kretschmer, the owner and managing partner of Star Trek, the greatest interactive entertainment group in the United States. When I asked Jeff how new vendors can get started in the Jewish wedding market, he said these three really profound words, plant positive seeds. Plant positive seeds. Think about that one. Everywhere you go, everything you do, give more than they expect. Do more than they expect. Step up and get involved. Let people get to know you. That will help you grow your business. For those of you who don't know Star Trek, you're missing out. They offer DJ services, MC services, full party planning, wedding planning, valet, and all kinds of interactive activities. As a redcoat lady, I get lucky enough to work with Star Trek nearly every week, and it's easy for me to say, they are the best. I love working with the best. So let's get right into this week's episode, Talking with Jeff. Hi, Pat. Hello there. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks. How are you? I'm terrific, as always. So are you totally zoomed out? No, no. I, I like it. Yeah? I think you and I are in the business of being around people, and I like that a lot better. But exactly. the, the idea of showing up to a meeting at 2.29 for a 2.30 meeting. <laughs> having a, and I think a whole bunch of people are going to discover that productivity has increased tremendously and they don't need to have all these in-person meetings. But I do miss people. I do miss that human. Oh, absolutely. But I'm discovering that meetings with brides are much easier to schedule now because the brides are all over the country. and. Right. It's easy no, to no, get no, together on a Thursday night instead of waiting until they're in town when they have 12 wedding meetings already. They're worn out from meeting with the florist and the photographer and, and, and. And I'm excited for when parties start up again. My phone's been ringing, which is awesome. Right. I love that my phone's ringing, but it's ringing for August. It's ringing for September. It's ringing for 2022. Exactly. You know, our Aprils and Mays seem to right now just be postponing them and not canceling like the spring summer winter of this year or last year was so we've been we've gotten a lot of i don't want my deposit back yet or you know i'm canceling but let's do what dates are available <laughs> thank you for agreeing to be my very first guest my pleasure pat are you kidding me hey yeah, i'm great. excited to be doing this <laughs> and it's a whole new world and it's a digital world that i'm not very very comfortable with but i'm learning and yeah. What I'm finding out is that this old dog can learn some new tricks and that's, it's always good to learn new tricks, but it's kind of scary too. And I'm yep. grateful to have my son help me. So my podcast is called The Jewish Party Maven and the goal is to get a bunch of vendors even better at their job or people who have never worked a Jewish party to get to realize that Jewish parties are just like any other parties with a couple of twists. And so I would love to talk about some of the things that make a Jewish party special, like the Hora. I know you guys are amazing at the Hora. And part of the reason for teaching this class is because that's pretty darn rare. And a whole bunch of your competitors are not amazing at the Hora. And I don't want you to give away your secrets, but can you explain to us what the Hora is? Sure, absolutely. So it is a, it's a traditional Jewish dance, uh, a celebratory dance that takes place where there are circles of people going in opposite directions uh, with the family 
on the inside of that circle celebrating and the outside of the circles are the warmth leading them into that dance. And it is, um, it's a fabulous dance and not easy because the dance starts out with no circles. Nobody's around except maybe the four five, six members of the immediate family. And so there's a couple tricks to the trade. I think one thing that's beautiful is that at a bar and bat mitzvah or a wedding, when you have a decent percentage of Jewish people attending, they've experienced the horror once or twice. So they don't need to know exactly where to be. Um, so it's a lot of facilitation, but the circles need to go in opposite directions. People need to link hands. The music needs, the energy needs to be high. The music needs to be perfect. Um, and so it's up to our MCs to make sure that we are linking the people in the right way. So number one, it's got to have energy. And when a horror doesn't have energy, then it mm -hmm. dies down very, very quickly. We want this to be a, a, a dance, like a top that's spinning that gets faster and faster and faster and faster, hits its peak and then slows down and in, into in its end. Um, and so there's the, the, we usually have not only an MC, but we have interactive dancers and they know that they're kind of responsible for each layer of that horror. So the MC may be responsible for the inner layer to get the family going, locked in hands, going in the right way with the energy. And then a first tier dancer may be responsible for the second tier where there's a larger circle, maybe 15 or 20 people around them. And then maybe 40 people around and continuing to invite people and not only just invite them up, invite them up, hold hands, lock them, lock their hands with somebody else so that you have put them in the perfect position to continue along with the circle. It's, it is the warmest, um, uh, most fun, high energy dance to get a party going. And what ends up happening often is that although the circles are going, there are other um, dance routines going on in the middle of it. Maybe a father and a son will kick off and dance together, a mother and a son, a mother and a daughter, and there's a whole different you know, set of traditions. And I don't know the names of all of them, but that they go one-on-one -on -one and dance. Everybody starts to watch. But as soon as they're done, everybody's watching, you got to get back in the circle and go. Once the hands start unlinking, or you walk somebody up to the hora and don't link them with another family member or another guest of the event, they're often just gonna walk away. They felt compelled to take your hand because you're the dancer, but link them, link them to our hands, let them hold hands, and then they're a part of the activity. Um, the chairs. And it's very easy to be on the outside. And then what ends up happening is that people are lifted in a chair. And this is a whole routine that we set up beforehand. Our dancers, as soon as they get to a venue, are responsible for a lot of things, getting the water set up, making sure we're touching base with you, making sure we're touching base with the family, but also making sure that there's a, a, a chair, preferably with arms that is set aside, that isn't too heavy, that is set aside in a corner. So when we're doing the horror, it's easy for them to grab. So a couple of things, number one, we actually have horror chairs now because there were so many venues that didn't have the appropriate chair. So we wanted to provide a horror chair. Um, and you don't want to provide something with no stability. You know, so oftentimes in a picnic, for instance, you see a plastic chair, which is fine to sit on maybe for a, you know, for a meal, <laughs> but trying to lift people up in that plastic chair, it gets dangerous. You've got to be able to grip the chair and the person in the chair, which is often at a bar bat mitzvah, it's the bar bat mitzvah child, then it's their siblings, it's the parents. And in, at a wedding, it's, a, it's, a, it's the, the bride and the groom and often the parents go up as well. And um, you need that to be secure and steady. Because if it's not, you know, 
people have gotten, certainly have gotten hurt. People have certainly fallen off, but you are going around and you've got people lifting the chair. So if you're one of the lifters, make sure that your back is okay. Your rotator cuffs are okay. You're ready to lift and grab and that you have plenty of support. And that's another job of our MCs and our dancers. You can't just have two people, five, four, 126 pounds, trying to lift the father of the bar mitzvah boy. You need to find some starky guys, some strong guys <laughs> to help at all sides of the chair. So it's, it's stable and that the father or the mother, they also feel stable. Um, one of the key elements when you are a female, when you're up there, is to make sure that your dress is down and kind of tucked underneath your thighs too, um, because dresses fly all over the place and we want to have fun and, and make sure that everybody looks safe. <laughs> um, but it is, a fun, it is a fun tradition. Oh, amazing. So, yeah. And your crew is fantastic at it and you've trained them well. And it's the envy of the, the whole city of how well your crew does at this. I worked with a band once who was a decent band, but had never played the horror before. And they started by going, ha, va, no. Oh my gosh, it was arduous. It was a scary thing. You so know, one of my favorite parts when I first started at Star Trek is not only seeing the horror, but seeing that my MCs knew all the words to the horror. And so when you hear it, you know, you're doing 80 to 100, MCs are doing 80 to 100 parties a year. We're doing 325 parties a year. So when you're at parties over and over and over again, you just start to learn it. And they knew the words to this to the song. It was, <laughs> it was legendary. Some legendary stories about that. Yeah. Well, you have built up an incredible business. And I know this has been a challenging year for you. But tell us about really? how you went from being a, a small little DJ company to being this thriving business. Well, thank you very much. Um, number one, we've had great people that have run this business over the years. Uh, mm -hmm. The founders, Mark Schechter and Renee Ehrlich are A plus people. They're the ones that built this business. They built this brand. Randy Wertheimer came in and really introduced the bigger bar mitzvah, was a very, had a very creative mind, was a great partner. Um, Craig Ehrlich, who's Renee's husband, who really ran a different side of the business for a while, but his vision was incredible. And now Brian Siegel, who's my partner. Um, it's, we've got, we've got great people, Pat. We really, so for starting out, um, the, the MC, if you start out with the, the MC DJ part of the business, it's the most critical part of a party. I, I believe it's food and beverage is super important. You want to have great food and beverage. And a lot of places in our, in our area do it, do it so well. Decor is super important. So whoever you choose from decor, um, to extrapolate the theme of the party is really, really important. Um, venue choice is really, really important. Valet parking is really important. My belief though, is that if you go to a party and everything is perfect in those elements, but nobody dances because entertainers don't want to get people going, then you don't leave the party feeling as satisfied as you should. When some of those elements are not as good as a lot of our vendors are and the dance floor is jamming the entire time, and you have to drag people off the dance floor and you're going until 1230 and one o'clock and they want to keep on going. That is a super successful party in my eyes. And I value so many of the other things. I value the planners. I value the decorators. I value the caterers. I think we all work really, really well together, but, but they, they want a dance party. This is not a sports party. This is not an afternoon luncheon without dancing. They have hired us for a dance party. And so we believe that we have 
the greatest interactive entertainers there are. So you look at our lineup of our MCs, historically, we've had great entertainers too. You know, since I started in 2000, since we started the interactive entertainment business in 1993, our lead MCs have always been people with a ton of talent, with a ton of energy. They know how to connect with people. They know the music. They're really, really good at understanding what music to play, what music not to play, when a song isn't working to switch the song up, you know, communicate with the DJs and switch the song up. And so that is the biggest element that kicked off our relationship. And what that did was that allowed us to enter into hundreds of bar and bat mitzvahs a year and other social events a year. And with that, then I believe it's the relationships from, you know, from my side, from Brian's side, from the people that work with me now and Jen and Shannon and Harris and Danielle. And we have solidified relationships in this community that allow them to trust us with other things. So whether it be valet parking or now full service party planning or our photo booths or some of our arcade games or other things that we happen to offer, the staging, the lighting, the couches, they, we have built trust in our clientele that there's a couple of things. Number one, we're gonna provide a great service. We're gonna buy only the best things. We're not, we're not trying to buy um, things that aren't working and try to pass it along 50 times, you know, furniture that is used that doesn't look good. When we have furniture that doesn't look good, we throw it away and we buy new furniture. If our arcade games aren't looking good, we buy new arcade games and make them look good. Uh, so, I mean, and buy new ones. Um, and we also, Pat, um, are really good at saying, I'm sorry. So when we're involved in whatever, 400, 500 parties a year, all told, we screw up all the time. There's, there's um, power issues that go, that go out. Uh, there are lights that are forgotten, a light bulb goes out, a dancer doesn't show up, whatever the case may be, valet parking, we lose keys, we crash cars. And one of the things that I think that we're always been really good at is just, I'm saying, I'm sorry. We're not trying to blame anybody else. We don't throw any other vendors under the bus. It's us, it's on us. And I think that has added a lot of value to our relationships. Um, we give money back or we roll money over to the next party but we have that conversation and don't ever try to avoid when we did not meet the expectations of a client. And I think that's built trust over the years and allowed us to grow as a business um, because the value of the relationship we have between us and our clientele uh, means the world to us. We're pathological. And by the way, we're pathological pleasers. It kills us. <laughs> it kills us when we don't do the right thing. When we, when we, you know, make a mistake, we're late to parties, we crash a car, we are beating ourselves up. And so, you know, when you see Jen and Danielle and Harris and Shannon, and that's just the people working on the events, you know, Todd and Matt and Zach are the valet guys. They're unbelievable. And Jimmy and Ken and Alex, you know, I've got so many different divisions and we all talk about the need to please. We are obsessed with delivering that customer experience. And it's one of the things that we constantly talk about. Our mission statement is that everyone needs to fall in love with us because if they don't, we're not doing our job. So that's always talked about too. <laughs> and you do it very, very well and good Thank for you. Thanks, Pat. We love our partners in this community too, like oh, you. So and works out well together. That's huge too. So let's talk about that a little bit. How do you develop vendor relationships? Right. So the beauty of it is that... Um, you know, number one, when you do so many parties, you and you, there are certain things that you don't supply. You are on site with them and you're on site with them days before sometimes or just the morning of. And you have to work with them because you're in a room 
and everybody's got a responsibility in that room. And sometimes you need the same space as the caterer or you need the same space as a photographer. And so if you're not playing nicely in the sandbox, then your people aren't going to refer you and you're not going to refer them. So on site, it's critical that there's respect going on. And we all know vendors who don't respect that, who, who think that they're the only vendor there. They're the most important. The party wouldn't be anything without them. And those are the people that don't last long in our community at all. Um, we join forces with Joe Cornell. And so now every, everything is Star Trek. And what Becca works with us. And for 15 years prior to us, they uh, created the Joe Cornell event show. Mm -hmm. And so when, when Rebecca came over to work with Star Trek, she brought along Planet Magazine, which has vendors that, that advertise in the magazine, and the event show, which every year has 50 to 60 vendors that advertise at the show. And we have clients that go, go through. She has been magical in developing those relationships. Uh, we, she doesn't work on a day-to-day -day basis now with clients for their bar bat mitzvahs. So we are, we are sharpening the relationship between uh, in, in those, in those uh, areas. And she is sharpening the relationships and getting them to be a part of our show. And so, um, Again, the same thing. We want people who want to partner with us as the show. We want part people who want to treat their clients like gold at the show and all grow together. And I can thank Rebecca and my event staff for really developing those relationships where there's trust. And by the way, there are times where there are issues between companies, but it's a very, very rare occasion where we can't have a conversation on the phone. We may think very differently about the situation that happened and then we move on, you know, this is in, in this, we're, we're, we're a small, we fill a need in a small niche community. And although Star Trek has grown, these relationships are so critical to who we are that unless something really, really bad's happened, Pat, it's not worth holding grudges. You just got to move on. And it's okay that we feel differently about maybe a circumstance that occurred. We thought it was their fault. They thought it was our fault. Let's talk it out, but then let's do overdone with gone and move on with the relationship. We hold grudges and then bad things start happening. How did you get into this market? Um, so I am. Um, I you are a dancer? Yeah, no, yeah, good, good. I, 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 <laughs> it's funny that you said it. And, and there are two things I would like to be able to do. One is be a scratch golfer. And two is to be a really good dancer. I have a very, very <laughs> close friend, my, my closest friend in the world, who is a fabulous dancer who could have been the best MC to shout out to Adam Cohen, who could have been the best MC that Star Trek has ever seen. I'm telling you, if he knew this and this was happening in the 1980s, he would have been killing the game, but he's now 53 <laughs> years old and would not kill the game anymore. Um, my, I mentioned- He does Craig, quite well as an attorney. <laughs> he does, does just fine, <laughs> just fine. Um, he, um, so I mentioned Craig and Renee Ehrlich early on in the discussion. Um, Renee and Mark Schechter were really the founders of Star Trek. I was a psychologist for many years. I worked um, for a place called the Orchard Children's Services, which is the, uh, was at that time the largest child welfare agency in the state of Michigan with over 500 kids in foster care. And at that point, they were doing 200 adoptions a year. And they were like an eight, eight or $9 million agency. Michael Williams, who's now the CEO, has done a great job to, to grow it. Anyways, I thought my future was to be the CEO of the Orchards. I loved it there. I'd spent 10 years there. Uh, I had a mentor named Jerry Levin who was the CEO there. And I figured my pathway in five or six years when he would retire would be to be the CEO of that business. 
when I was 31, he unfortunately had a, um, a heart attack in Petra Jordan and died suddenly. And I was in no shape ready to be the CEO of that. I you know, didn't have the skill set at all to be able to run that organization. Um, I needed a lot to learn. Anyways, the lady that did take it over, I knew that she was going to be in that position for 20, you know, she was probably 42 years old. She was going to be in that position for 20 years. And I was getting, at that point in time, I was still in graduate school. I had two small kids. I was working full time and I was getting a little exhausted. And my kids were swimming with the Ehrlich's kids and we were best friends. Renee's parents and my parents have been best friends since our embryonic stages. And um, I talked about how, you know, I was thinking about leaving the orchards and Renee said, great, you're going to come work for us. And gave me the opportunity, Craig Renee gave me the opportunity. And I worked on the corporate side of the business for a couple of years and then became a partner on the social side, which is Star Tracks. The corporate side became Pulse 220, which later sold to George P. Johnson. Um, and the social side is still Star Treks and still growing. So since 2000, since October of 2000, I've been there and it's been a great run. Changed the entire course of my life. And yeah. You with two young kids chose this nice relaxing field of events. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So exactly. So literally from 2002 through 2017, essentially every Saturday night, every weekend, every Saturday and Sunday, I would go to the parties. And I remember when I first bought it, when I was trying to learn the business, I would go to every party three or four times. So I'd start off my day at 5.30, hit the parties, make sure the setup is okay. If I could see people there, I'd say hello to them and then come back at 8.30 or nine o'clock and just and, <laughs> and walk in my house, at, you know, leave the house in the afternoon because I'd help set up at that time. I needed to learn the business and walk in my house at 1.30 or two every single weekend for 14 years. And um, I loved it. I'm a worker, um, but it certainly is not great on the, the weekend social life. And that's why... Uh, my partner, Brian, and I decided to open bars so that we could still be out, despite the fact that I don't go to bar mitzvahs anymore, we could still be out every Friday and Saturday night working. So it's just <laughs> part of my life. Again, I'm a worker. I've been lucky to have visionaries in my world, like Brian, who, um, who create a lot of the growth, and I'm happy to work it. So if you have some advice for someone who is wanting to grow their business, perhaps they're a photographer or a DJ or a, a venue that wants to be in this amazing market, what's your advice for them? Yeah. So I have a saying early on that I used um, in which we want to plant positive seeds everywhere. Some are going to grow and some aren't going to grow. And so when I first took over the business, I had a hyper focus to try to meet as many people as I could. We did a lot of, a lot of charitable and we still do a lot of charitable events because I wanted to be everywhere. I wanted everyone to see who Star Trek was. And I felt like we planted so many positive seeds in those years that that allowed us to grow. When you start, when you, when you have an edge or an attitude, or you always need to be right, I think in a small community business like this, a small niche business like this, you get booted very, very quickly because there's too many other options. And so if you're a photographer, there aren't, there aren't a lot of you know, Pat, you and I happen to have businesses where there aren't a ton of competition. There aren't a million Pat Blackwells out there. You do a beautiful job. You work your tail off. You have amazing women. And I believe one man that works for you, maybe more than that now, but, but everybody works really, really hard. They and sure do. when, you, and we feel the same way about Star Trek. And when somebody doesn't, or someone holds grudges or someone has negative attitudes, 
they get kicked, they, by their own, they get kicked out of this business very quickly because nobody wants to work with them. Nobody refers them business. But when you plant positive seeds everywhere, then things are going to grow. And I believe that that is the reason for the success in this business. That's a great mm-hmm. saying. I love that saying. Thanks. So, no surprise at all that you would have a saying like that. I just hadn't heard it from you. <laughs> all right. Good. So. All right. Well, hooray. Thank you very much for being part of this wonderful discussion. Of course. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? No, no. I mean, I, I think this is a perfect example. Our partnership is a perfect example of why businesses can be successful in this arena, Pat. Um, you and I have had many discussions over the years. There have been plenty of times where you don't agree with what I'm doing or I don't agree with what we're doing, but we have an open, honest discussion. We're not fighting. We're not yelling. You and I have never raised our voices at one another, but we have treated each other like adults, respectfully disagreed and moved on our way or got to the point where I, I may say, you know what, Pat, I didn't understand it from that angle. Thanks for, thanks for explaining it to me that angle. And I would never hesitate to call you. And I don't think you'd ever hesitate to call me. And that's the beauty of this relationship. So, you know, we appreciate what you do. It's, it's um, from a party assurance side. Um, and I talk to Jen and Harris and Shannon about this all the time. Um, you know, you do so many things that so many people don't want to do or can't do. It's a real skilled job. You have to be massively organized. Um, I'm a boy, so I'm not massively organized. Um, and um, I think that in tandem, we really produce a great product together. And I've been incredibly lucky to have these amazing ladies. And like you said, one guy now who works with me and we look out for each other. If your crew is doing something I don't think would be the best way, then I want to speak up and let you know. And I appreciate that you do the same with me. And we're looking out for the best for our customers, for our clients. And I think that's huge. Yep. I totally agree. Yep. Totally agree. Okay. Great. Right. Well, enjoy the sunshine of Florida. (laughs) I, I will do. I look forward to being back. We all miss events. We miss the exactly. bar. We miss the hopping bar. We miss a lot of big events. And we'll, we'll be there when it comes back. And uh, we look forward to spending every Friday and Saturday and Sunday night with whoever it is and <laughs> making sure that the horror is working right and that everybody's helping to share safely. Love it. All right. Thank you very much, Jeff. Okay, Take care. You got it, Pat. Be well. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is all about how we can help each other better serve our Jewish clients. Are there some specific words or customs that you don't understand in this Jewish party world? Send me an email or join the Jewish Party Maven Vendor Rockstars private Facebook group. I want to hear from you. Remember your freebie? Download this powerful cheat sheet, the 12 Jewish words the best vendors know. Click on the link in the show notes or go to thejewishpartymaven.com. If you'd like to learn more, follow me on Facebook or Insta at the Jewish Party Maven. I really appreciate your thoughts and your feedback about this show. I'm learning lots about how this podcasting world works. I've already learned reviews are like gold. So all you rock stars, leave me a review. And then go out there and take Jeff Kretschmer's advice. Plant positive seeds. Join me next week when we learn all about the Talit. And you'll be one word closer to booking your next Jewish party. Cha-ching! Thanks for listening.